What up out there, podcast world? You're now listening to Patina Co. Presents Stay With Me, and I'm your host, Dennis. And today, we're going to have Jake from Jake's Shop on. And this podcast was, it's, you know, it's back there a bit. We, we took this back in July of 2020. Most of you know that I've been on somewhat of a, a mission, and we're getting back in the game. So look forward to hearing more podcasts. And there might be a little bit of audible noise from the fan that we were running in the cab while I was doing this podcast because it was a blistering day in July of 2020. But we had a really good podcast and I enjoyed talking with him. And I hope to get him back on again soon and we can catch up again and talk some more stories. So without further ado, let's get into this podcast. Jake, I want to say thanks for taking your time to come off and do this. I really do appreciate it, man. How you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, for sure. You got a new spin on things. You got your YouTube channel going, and we talked a little earlier about some of the things that we have in common, and one of the biggest things is that you're just like I am, just a common guy. You go to work, 9 to 5, you come home, you do a 9 to 5 in your garage. So is that some of the things that we're going to be seeing on the YouTube channel that you're starting yeah, yeah. So basically, you know, I, I've, I've always loved to just work and I've always loved to build cars. You know, like a lot of us, we just do this as much as we can in our garages and shops and whatnot. And, and uh, yeah, I, I work 40, 50 hours a week and then, uh, you know, do the family thing. And, and then I, I sneak out to the shop, man. I just love it. I love building cars. I love all styles of cars, you know, uh, patina, some of the stuff you have. That's how I found you. Uh, I've got buddies, some buddies that are into it, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm doing a lot of the hot rod stuff. I come out here; it's, it's kind of fun. I'm just it's a hobby for me, but it's also a passion. Right, it is, it is, and it's good. Like you said, you have your your sons, and they will get the chance to learn things as they get older. Just like you know, we're just letting them come into it on their own. And so, what's the latest project that you have going that's going to be featured on that YouTube channel? So the main project, you know, my buddies a couple years back, because I, I just built cars and, you know, I buy, I buy an old car and I fix it up and sell it, you know, and basically break even for the amount of parts I add into it. But that was fun. You know, it's fun. So my buddies were like, dude, you just need to put this online. You, you got you to gotta put it out there for people to see. People will learn from this and, and your sons will learn from it. And I'm like, all right, I'll try it out. I, I, you know, I was late to the Facebook game and the Instagram game and all these different things. I, you know, I'm just work. I just love tools and I just do what I do. But putting it out there online puts me in touch with people like you. You know, just just great folks that have a passion for doing things. You know, I always love going to car shows and you know I try to reach out those people that have actually done work their own car. It doesn't matter what the project looks like or how it runs or doesn't run. None of that matters, dude. It's it's just all about learning from each other and and seeing what each other do because everyone does something different and there's always something fun to learn. You're right, and that's a good point, and that's uh, that's the main focus of the Patina Code page is the people that are garage builders, and it's not to say anything about people that have to have uh, their car fixed because some people just aren't mechanically inclined, and that's fine, and then you have some people that just don't want to deal with it, and that's fine too, but I like to shed light on those of us that are out here in the high temperatures just bust an ass like no matter what because they want to get their project done yep yep 
I, that's, you know, I, I remember back when I was a kid, you know, I, I couldn't rub two pennies together, but I still had a car to tinker on. I, you know, I'd always look forward to that next thing I could bolt on it or fabricate onto. You know, before the Internet, there was so much. You know, I did an LS swap about 16 years ago to my first car. And, you know, I always remember calling manufacturers and, and just trying to get glean as much information as possible back then. Nowadays, it's so so nice to have the Internet. Um, you know, sometimes you can find information that isn't great, but most of the time you can find stuff that, you know, a lot of good stuff that'll work. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been like that ever since the beginning. I remember I was tearing apart Hot Rod magazines, dude, when I was like six years old. I'd cut pictures out and like paste different tires and wheels on them and stuff. I'm like, I'm building cars. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah, man. You know what? Before they, you know, they, they killed a lot of magazines, but I still would cut like tech article clippings out and put them in the binders so that I would have that information like when I was going to do something, you know, either yeah. static drop versus air ride, C notches and all that, you know, when it started coming to the knowledge being there and available and people were actually sharing it and putting it in magazines. So that kind of helped me with learning myself how to do things. And I still got all those articles to this day. They're in the binder and I go back and I can look and see, you know, and it's pretty cool. Yep. Then yeah. you'll bring, and it's funny because even some of those old articles will bring up new ideas, new information that, you know, almost the internet in some ways sometimes is a hindrance because there's too much information out there. People get confused or overwhelmed, you know. Um, I, it's funny, too. The, the one thing I did as a young kid that helped me the most understand, like, because I was like, I, I like horsepower, right? I always like putting, you know, making more horsepower because I'm, I'm that guy. But um, I remember looking and reading through a Summit magazine and every single part in a Summit magazine would have a description, right? And be like, this is what it is and here's how much horsepower it'll give you. <laughs> right. Going through, you know, just reading, okay, if I add that to that to that, I can make that much more horsepower. Right. You know, that was a good, good way to learn back then. It was fun. Oh, yeah, man. It, it was like a roadmap. Yep, yep. It, it is. It was crucial, man. It, magazines, I, it's, I mean, I understand that not many people are taking the time to actually turn the pages through the magazines. There's a lot of people out there that still like that paper between their fingers and flipping the page versus right. scrolling on a device to look at yeah. what's going on. So, yeah, I mean, I totally, I'm with you on that, man. The magazine, man, that was like, that's how you did it back then that's, yep. like you said and uh, yep. it's just that's something i wished it would come back like a real a decent magazine that didn't have an overload of information but just good clean clear-cut information on what it is they're doing and how to achieve it yep yep no it's 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 come along and that's why i did the channel too you know i mean it's I, I try to give information on there that like you know coming at it from someone who's never done it before i try to think about that like i was here once you know when i first started building cars or fabricating i was like how do you cut metal you know and it's like there's a million ways to cut a piece of metal you know that i now but back then i was a teenager i'm like dude i don't even have the first clue what cuts metal you know what can cut metal i know wood blades cut wood but like what cuts metal and now you know, I almost thought about doing a video just on that. Most of my videos, I'm trying to focus on the 68 Camaro LS swap I'm changing out. And it's kind of fun, too, because I got guys on Instagram and guys on YouTube that are asking me questions. And I'm like, well, here, here's some options. You know, there's there's a million ways to do it, but here's some ideas. Here's some different things. 
Um, it's kind of funny. The owner of the company that I work for has a has a buddy who's who had an LS swap in like a Studebaker, and he's like, "You know LSs?" I'm like, "I know a little bit about them." He's like, "Come over here, you help me get it running." The dude had this amazing shop, all this beautiful stuff, and he couldn't figure out how to get his LS running, and it looked great. Everything looked plumb right for the most part. All the electronics were right. Everything was working. It, it was an LS out of a truck. And I go, let me see, where's your fuel regulator? You know, he's like, oh, it's down here. I use the Corvette-style regulator, which you'll learn about if you ever wanted to do one. That's kind of an easy way to do it. But he had it. By, I was like, where's the cut sheet on this? Because it looks like it's plumbed in backwards. <laughs> sure enough, we found the cut sheet on it. The return, you had the supply going into the return for the bypass. I flip-flopped them. We primed the fuel pump. I, you know, I squirt fuel, fuel all over his million-dollar shop or whatever. And I'm like, all right, fire it. <laughs> it fires right up. And it was, you know, those are the types of things. It's just, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. You, know, I, I, you know, when you've done something like that, it's fun to teach people. So I'm like, you know, maybe I can, maybe I can help, you know, maybe some kid, someone out there, it'll be, it'll be good. So I try to throw stuff like that on there, mainly just the Camaro build, but I throw other stuff too. I've got too many cars. I have the car I still built in high school, you know, in my shop. And, and now I got buddies come over and I'm showing them how to weld panels and we're undercoating cars. And it's, it's just fun. You know, a lot of camaraderie, a lot of good people out there. Yeah, it is. And I like, uh, your approach to it. It's similar to my approach and that's all it is showing. And as far as I go, it's not saying this is the way to do it right but this is right. the way that i'm doing it and it's successful for me so down you can take that and do it the same way or you can put your own little spin on it but this is the way that it's going to be safe it's going to be efficient and it's going to get the job done right right and i love it because everyone's different and that's what's great about human beings right we're all different different ideas different ways of doing things you know people build off of each other's ideas and you know you, you show someone way and, and it works for you and it's great and someone's like yeah that works but you know maybe i could alter it slightly like you're saying and then it's that much better for them or maybe it's better in general you know right. it's great I, you know i don't mind constructive criticism if it's done properly and it's i like that sort of thing it's like damn they're right you know i'm not opposed anyone's ideas i don't know anything i don't know everything hell i don't know much actually if you ask me <laughs> look i mean oh that's smart you know I, I don't know hopefully i'd be building rockets or something i don't know but right. it's yeah. a lot of fun well and that's why guys like you and i and everybody that i've talked to and and everybody really on patina code were the same way as far as information sharing and I'm willing, I'm open to learning stuff. People be like, hey, have you tried this? And I'll tell them, I'll be like, no. Or they'll ask me something, I'll be like, no, I haven't done that, but let's try to figure it out. And, or they'll be like, well, I already know about it, but here, I just want to show you. I'm like, cool, right the hell on, because I can use that somewhere down the road. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Dude, I just, I, here's an example of something I just learned. Just learned. I've been welding and fabricating, doing fun stuff since I was a teenager. I bought my first welder when I was 13, a wire feed. Had no clue how to use it, right? And now I got a little TIG. I actually bought it on Craigslist, got a smoking deal. Anyways, I, do you do any welding at oh, all? Heck yeah, man. So I just learned about this new wire. Now, the problem with, with these cars, right, is always a better tool. They keep making new stuff, and they're way too damn expensive. So I'm very picky sometimes about buying a new tool. I mean, I love it, but when I can afford it, yeah, I'll go get it if I know it's the thing. But this is called – it's Easy Grind. It's this wire that, that Aesop makes called Easy Grind. Now, the fuck, this stuff is fucking like – three times as expensive as a normal spool MIG wire. But I just tried it out for the first time. This shit was like a hundred bucks for this roll of wire, 10 pound roll. Now that'll last me fucking 
10 years or whatever but right. um i just tried it out and it's it's amazing it's it's not a structural weld so it's for body panels and things but it sticks better through like porosity and like you know little blemishes. it actually penetrates like paint or a little bit of primer better than standard wire and you know i called the welding place i'm like hey dude what's the deal like seriously he's like dude hot rodders are buying the shit out of it i'm like all right Let's try it. You know, so I just tried it, and I gotta say, I'm I'm pretty impressed. You know, I love it when you find something like that and it actually works, and you you know you didn't waste your money on it. And uh, that's what it's about, man. I'm just excited now. Oh man, hey, we'll see. You just taught me something, and everybody that's listening, because there's a lot of people listening to these podcasts. So you might have just helped. Who knows? Like, I don't go back and look at the analytics to see how many because. That's a whole different thing. I don't even get into it. I just put this stuff out there and who catches it, they catch it. But I get emails with uh, the people's reviews and whatnot. So I know people are listening and paying attention. So what was the, what was the name of that, that spool of wire again? It's just called Easy Grind. Um, you can't buy this at Home Depot or Lowe's. You're probably going to have to call like a welding shop in your area. They call it Easy Grind. It's made by Aesop. It's freaking expensive, but... It's an O2-3 wire, so it's a lighter gauge wire. So it's made for, like, body panels and things, right? right. And, you know, these old hot rodder dudes um, do this stuff, and, you know, they're old. They don't get online. They're not sharing this type of information. I don't feel like I'm old. I feel like I'm 16 most days, and I'm over double that. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they, 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 sometimes they try and hide their trade secrets because they're building those $500,000 rigs for people, and, they, you know, they don't share that that intricate stuff when, you you know, throwing it on Netflix and some of these, these major guys like Boyd and all these other guys, man, they, they they show this really cool process and make it look easy with all this really expensive equipment. But there's a lot of little tips and tricks that I want to share because right. it takes a lot of information to get it. But yeah, this wire is called Easy Grind. That's just call your welding shop on Easy Grind, and it's made by Aesop. That's the name of it. It's an O2-3 wire, and it does it grinds easier. It's actually a softer weld. So like if you want to do body work over a weld, it'll it'll mold better. Like you can hammer it out a little better. Um, you don't want to use it on like frames or roll cages or anything. But right. but doing a body panel, dude, that's the stuff. I mean, it flows better. It doesn't pop as bad if you got a little porosity you weren't able to clean up and you're a little bit of rust. Uh, I from what I can tell right now, I just welded a piece of 20 gauge sheet metal like nothing with my MIG. You know, and I, I've got an old Miller Matic 175. Um, it works good. The other thing I did with my Miller that's helped me recently is you can actually get these little soft pads from your welding supply store that sit on the wire right before it goes through the feed, and you can add a cleaning agent to it, and again, at the welding supply store, and you can put a little drops on that, and as the wire goes through, it helps lubricate through the through the wick, through the MIG um, wand, and it actually helps you produce a little bit better weld, you know, flows a little better, doesn't pop as bad. So I, that's the type of stuff that, you know, I, that's kind of what I try and share on the channel too, man. Okay. I got another video I'm going to do too on door seals because I am not happy with the door seals that we typically buy from all these, you know, aftermarket companies. I found a company that I've been using a few times now. Their door seals are just you know, soft and supple and actually you can actually close your door after you've installed them. They're not so hard. Um, I'll be doing a video on that later too, but that's the type of stuff I like to share, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's good information. So, and going back to these pads you were talking about, so does that basically, is it almost like a, a dryer sheet that keeps the static electricity out of the MIG wire as it's passing through the torch? It, it helps with static. It, it also just kind of cleans and lubricates the wire. So it's like the, you get these two little 
little round looking pad things and i haven't replaced mine in ever forever but there's like it's like a cleaning pad and then a, a lubrication pad you put them in succession right over the wire right. um and then you spray this little it's called weld aid um it's a wire cleaner and lubricant that kind of just it helps keep the tip cleaner longer it helps it decreases it's supposed to decrease jamming you know and stuff like that so i've been using it this little bottle of it's called weld aid lubematic Dude, it's lasted me forever. I think I've had this thing for like five years, but I, I use that quite a bit as well when I go welding on it. Because you know those little pads are like they're still not you know tools are so freaking expensive, but they were like twenty bucks. The little thing was like fifteen. So I, the reason I got it initially is I had an old spool of wire that was hanging out, and I was ran out of oak three O wire, and I needed wanted to use it. And he's like, dude, just throw this on it because it had a little bit of porosity on it because I've been sitting around in my at the time my job's cold, kind of damp had a little bit of rust and whatnot on the wire so actually i was able to reuse that wire for a for a little uh my rotisserie that i was actually building out of old engine stands and it worked great after i put that stuff on and i was like oh this is kind of cool so i know i run it all the time oh man I, i'm loving it i'm listening to it i'm taking it in i don't even have to write the stuff down because i got the whole recording so i can go back and listen <laughs> but i'm already i'm looking i'm looking forward to checking it out now how, what is it ESOP? So is it E S O B? E S A B. ESOP, they make great welders. They do a lot of cool stuff. I'm in the mechanical industry, so I, I get to see a lot of this stuff. But I'll show you the, the wire that I'm putting here E S A B. And they call it Spoolark Easy Grind. S P O O L A R C E Easy Grind. Item number 180PS43. Right on. Right on. That's how you do it, man. You call that part <laughs> number out, man. So a motherfucker can go look that shit up on Google and be like, or be like, hey, Siri, what's part number? Boo, 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 blah, blah, blah. And then, 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 then they get ready to spend some crazy amount of money. Maybe they got a five pound spool. I mean, a 10 pounds of wire, dude. That will last you. I mean, you could do an entire car. Like, if you had to replace every body panel in a car, you might burn 10 pounds of wire. So it lasts a long time, you know, for us hobbyists at least. You know, if you're in a right. commercial market, they probably burn through it. But maybe they offer five-pound spools of it. I don't know if they do or not, though, because, I don't know, this stuff is like gold. I, I, I was really hesitant to spend the money, but I'm kind of happy I did because it's – I don't know. I just had my first welding experience with it this afternoon. You know, I'm just telling you, I got that uh, Formula 400 bird in here my buddy bought. And I just welded a teeny little patch up inside a, a window well, and, uh, the window uh, frame cavity. And it just, it, it was, I cleaned it up. I sprayed some um, rust corrosion inhibitor and stuff in there. And then I put this little patch in. And, you know, you can't get every little pock mark. And it just flowed through it like butter. I was like, okay, now we're talking. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. And that's the thing, the pock marks the air bubbles you know you grind yep. them out then you go back and you turn the welder down a little bit then you fill the little Trash. air bubble <laughs> yep it's a it's yep. a mess I, and i'm next up though so okay we're doing the five window but then when that's done i got a 66 chevrolet biscane in here that i've had for a long time and over the course of all these times these years i've been buying parts so i got the quarters and this and that and this and that and so when it's time to start working I'm going to be doing it but i want it to be a straight car and what i mean by straight car is like not none of my normal patina rod rat rod style shit so it's going to be like a straight car right gotcha yeah and, uh, so you just helped me out with that because that's the thing i use um 
a Hobart, and yeah. it's too big, and uh, it works. It it does. It works flawlessly. I I had a chance to use my dad's. Uh, I forgot what it was called. It's a Miller, but it was the one where it would automate. It would auto set. Auto set. Yeah, my buddy has one of those. I think it's a two eleven. I'm not yeah. happy. Get it off that auto set. It doesn't help me, but I'm old school. Maybe well, too. Well, yeah, dude, I was having trouble. Like yeah. he's like, okay, this is what you do with it, this and that, and I'm doing and this. So we were building his AD truck. We just finished building his AD truck earlier this year, and we were using that. And I'm like, Dad, oh, yeah. take that shit off. I gotta use. I gotta do my own. You know. I, so I set the settings. You know, and, and and then it worked okay. But that I. But anyway, back to the Biscayne. So you just helped me with something because I want it to be straight. And I, I'm really, I'm getting to the point now where I don't mind doing a little bit of body work and a little bit of tamping down of the steel and all that. But if there's something that can make the process faster, I'm all for it. Yep. Yeah, you do. I mean, I so when I, I did the whole body work of this Camaro, and I've done body work on my other car. I had a buddy who, you know, has a degree in it who came over here and showed me a few things. I did all the body work of this Camaro, and I tried to put a lot of that information online as well about, you know, how to how to heat shrink, which is very uh, tricky. Um, and actually, there's a lot. There's a lot. Of, the one video I had on that, there's a lot of people saying I did it wrong. But how to heat shrink, how to. Um, uh, beat out panels and how to block things out how to use mud properly different types of mud there is you know dura glass versus uh, regular body filler because every car has body filler and i mean unless you want to spend a million hours doing a car you're going to have a little body filler if you use it right it's fine i mean heck primer is body filler you know you lay on layers and layers of primer and block it down it's just a different type of a filler in a lot of ways it's to get that smooth look get that straight look and it is a lot of work i I love the patina stuff, dude, because it's you can make something look so awesome and you don't have to deal with a bunch of sanding dust and crud, you know? I mean, yep. I, I want to do a rat rod someday, you know? You get, you get You're the type of guy that inspires me. And it's like, oh, man, I just, you know, because once they get so nice, too, it's, it's you know, I love my boys, but they'll be running around with a broom and wham, right, right into the side of my firebird. And I look over and I'm just like, I love you guys, but you know what? It's just a car. Who cares? Whatever, you know? But it's like, dude, that took some work to make that thing that straight. Right. Mm. I know what you're talking, man. I know it, man. And, but like you said, though, if that, you know, well, now I'm going to jump back. Like you said, you got the old heads, old school guys that they don't want to you know release much of their trade and all that stuff kind of like the guys that can still actually use lead to use fill because you know the old cars and trucks they had lead fill so right you know but here's the thing if you're that fucking good and you've got that reputation as the shop to go to for the high-end custom car then why do you care if I know the type of shit that you use because you already have your clientele so exactly if you're that good, you should not be worried about sharing information. Unless I'm not, yeah. <laughs> you're not that good. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to try and open a shop and build half a million dollar cars. You know, I don't, right. that's not happening. You can you can keep that, but why don't you help me out? Why don't you tell me some of the right stuff? You know, I, I had a guy actually, he used my Firebird that I built 16 years ago. 
and he used it as a as a guide to build a car, another Firebird, and he had the same similar suspension, LS1 conversion, the stance. I told him my wheel tire size, wheel and tire size, type suspension, all that stuff, and he built that car. He put it out, and you know we live up here in the PNW. He put it up in uh, Bellevue, and it, it, the price tag on it was two hundred eighty four thousand. I'm like, dude, are you serious? <laughs> like. That is insane, but oops, sorry, I'm kicking metal. But he, but he was cool. He actually, I'm like, dude, that was the guy I asked a long time ago. I said, hey, what the hell brand of door seals are you using? Because these things I'm getting are like rocks, and I, you know, they're a seal, sure, but they're not. He's like, he said one word to me. He just said soft steel, and I'm like, soft steel. He's like, yeah, just look it up. So I, I buy their product. I actually think they're out of Ohio, dude. I. uh I looked them up, and I think they got bought out by another company, but there's still a, a small company up north that does it, or I mean up north, back east, and they, they make some amazing stuff. All right. Well, yeah, dude, I mean. And they do it for everything. Like, you think you don't have, you think you have a vehicle that they, you can't get weather stripped for? You call Soft Seal, dude. They've got, they've got everything. If not, they'll make it because they hand make a lot of the stuff out there. Right. And uh, it's not necessarily cheap, but it's not necessarily you know, it, it, you know, when you're talking door seals, it's not like it's going to be, you know, crazy, crazy well, expensive. But. It depends on like if you want your shit to be right or if not. So if you're trying to get a seal, that was an issue I had with a '56 Dodge D100. You know, nobody yeah. makes anything for Mopar for Dodge Chrysler from back then. So yeah. I would have paid, and that's why I got rid of it because I couldn't get it. I wanted to get it repainted. My cousin, he's an amazing painter. And I was going to have him redo yeah. it, just revamp it. It was an old-style paint job. It, you know, it just needed to be up yeah. there. And in order to do that, you got to pull shit apart, get the windows out so that it can be painted properly. Well, when it's time to put the shit back, you got to put the weather strip back in. <laughs> so Exactly. I couldn't find the weather strip for the Dodge D100. And I knew there's a company that makes some, you know, steel. They make stuff and they say, just send us the dimensions. But I'm like, what if I measured the shit a quarter inch off? Or what if uh, an eighth of an inch? That makes a difference. Right. So that's I, a company, dude. You call, if you, if you ever have that happen again, call Soft Seal. Even if it's not on their website, because, you know, it's small, I think it's fairly small company, the, the actual company that does it. You call them up, and, and I almost guarantee they're going to have it. They have some weird shit. They got stuff for stuff I've never even heard of. You know, my F-bodies are a dime a dozen when it comes to seals, but a lot of stuff you're doing, it's not. Right. It's, it's a way harder find. And seals are one thing you need on every car. I mean, it keeps stuff rattling, keeps you know, moisture out. It's just, it's, it's an important part of the process, and no matter what kind of rig you have right and that's the thing like people ask me they're like you're building rat rods why do you care about having a heater and wipers well because i drive my shit <laughs> right right yeah i know well, <laughs> that's why i got my colors back man it's got wipers on it i'm gonna drive that motherfucker in the rain you know hell yeah man because that's the thing it's like you get caught out in the rain and you don't have a a heater you're asking for trouble you know, you gotta right. wipe the the wipe the condensation off the windows when it starts raining and shit, man. You don't want to be doing that trying to go down the highway. It's already raining. Why can't yeah, Dude, I remember when I was a teenager and I had a fifth, my first car, dude. My first car is a 1954 Willys wagon, and my dad and I converted it 
because it wouldn't do over like 40 miles an hour. And I bought this thing for a thousand bucks. I'm 13 years old. I'm like, dad, how do I do this? My dad was fairly mechanical, but he didn't really build cars. He just was crazy enough to work on them. And, and, you know, we took a blazer, 1976 blazer frame and running gear. We built brackets and bolted that son bitch on a blazer frame and running gear. I drove to high school. And I remember we couldn't get the wipers to ever work because they worked off vacuum. And I put a, you know, I put a pretty lumpy cam in it. I was just like, fuck it. I just sprayed Rain-X on the window every day until it built up so much that would that wouldn't work. <laughs> <You know>? Right, <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. People's like, we'll just put Rain-X on there. It's like, no, man, because uh, it don't work after a it, while. It gums up. It, it, you can't. Then you got to buy a stripping agent to strip the shit off of there. <laughs> right. It's yeah. just, you know, it's, it's a, it's a circle. It circle is jerk. a circle. Yeah, you got it, and that's just it. So it's like, yeah. If you're going to spend your time and your money building something, at least make it safe enough to be out on the road in any condition because you're just, you know, like I said, you're asking for it if you don't, I mean, you know, I, I, all I can say is I put heaters in the trucks and that's just so I can have defrost when it rains and I put wipers yep. on my shit and yep. that's, that's just the end of it, you know? Yep. That's the most important part of it. And it breaks. You just need brakes. It needs to be able to break. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to be able to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you damn right. Because shit. And that's the thing. Like, unless you're building a, uh, a factory restoration or it was built to spec, the best thing to do is to go, no matter if it's power or non-power, but definitely get a dual master solder. That way, if one chamber yep. fails, you still at least got brakes. Yeah, especially on the, you know, when you get into those older rigs, they don't have them stock. Right. I took a, my, I had a 70 Chev K20 for a couple of years, and I, I've sold my truck because, like, I don't need another truck. I got a little company rig and trying to save money and put it into hot rods, right? So I get this old truck. I'm like, well, I still need something to go to the dump. So I got it. Dude had drum brakes, no power. Um, it at least had a dual master, but I just bolted on a, a power booster to that thing, and that old drum brake truck stopped better than any other vehicle I've ever been in. <laughs> it was like, what? It was, yeah. it was pretty impressive. Yeah, the power. But that's, that was the one thing. It's like, needed that shit. Yeah, the brake booster does help. I, I I can't lie to you, though. I don't even run power. I, my All my brake systems are manual, and it's just because, just for the simple fact that I don't like drawing the vacuum off the motor or yeah. the booster. Yeah, but um, you know, Nikki gets in and she's like, "Man, you got to push the brake pedal down hard," because she's she's used to just driving, you know, normal car, yeah. a normal car, and she's like, "Oh," but it stops. Like I'm like, you just apply the pressure as you want to stop. So before, and that's the thing with old vehicles. No matter if you got brake, you know, booster or whatever, an all wheel disc or disc drum. You still should keep your distance from vehicles and then start slowing down before it's time to actually come to a stop, you know. Right. And it doesn't matter if you got boosted brakes or not, because the thing about it is, man, these old, well, as far as trucks go, you know, I set the brakes with the proportion involved to about, I'm going to say 75 25 with 75 percent of the stopping on front 25 on the back because you don't want the back yeah to lock that's up. about right yeah no you most your braking is done in the front of any vehicle oh yeah man and that's the thing like if you ever look at a motorcycle look at the brakes look at the two discs up front they're huge mm -hmm. and then you got the baby on the back so i can tell you what 
from riding motorcycles, street bikes. You slam on the back brake and then you're going into a fishtail and then you're going to get high sided and thrown off. Because, you know, the back brake, I mean, it's so small on the back of the, the bike. But yeah, in the cars too, you know, you the front, because all the weight dives forward when you hit the brake. So you got to have the stopping power up front for sure. Right. So yeah, man. But yeah, yeah, dude. It's just I don't know, and that's the type of thing. So we go from one subject to the another, and that's part of that's the hot rod shit that I'm talking about, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. That's just that you know that's why it's so nice to find people online like mine. I got a lot of buddies, and I love them to death. But it's just you know, not they're not in cars, which is cool. But you, that's the nice thing about online. Meet people like yourself. Just got a lot of got a lot of passion for it and, and it's it's really constructive you always feel good about learning stuff and doing something else new you know yeah you do man and that and well when you came on because you, you you came on you did a an igtv video and you're a couple days back yeah and i was like okay cool because you were you were explaining yourself you were telling your, your own story and you were saying that you know, you're just the guy, you, you work, but you like to build hot rods in your spare time and you, when you're home off of work. And I was like, okay. And then I was listening to it and I watched the whole video. And that's the thing, like when you guys out, it might even be a day I miss because I've been busting my ass trying to get my shit done. But then I go back and I actually watch everybody's shit. Like I just don't scroll through, I watch it because that's how come I know about the people. Like yeah. I'm talking to them because I'm actually paying attention. Just like every, you know, the people are paying attention to me. So I offer that same respect to that person whenever they post something. I watch it and I look at it and I see, and it's cool shit because everybody's like you just said earlier. Everybody's different. We're the same, but we're different. Yeah. So that makes yep. us the same, basically. Cause we're all the same because we're different you know what i mean yep. <laughs> so, yep. and uh i get i like seeing like what you're doing you came on and you were just saying hey this is me this is what i do and uh there's a few other people out there that are doing the same thing and i'm starting to see more people come up with their uh youtube channels and their igtv videos and i'm like cool man because a lot of people, man, you wouldn't believe, but a lot of people are, they, I, people tell me, they, they send me messages on the backside, on the DM, and they're like, how do you get up there in front of the camera and just talk your shit? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you just, just talk, you just talk, but I, the best thing I can say for that is, I look at the, when I first did my first shit, Here's the thing about it. When I first did the first one, I was doing it for a documentary for my kids because they all they knew that dad was outside in the garage building a truck. Yeah. They didn't know what I was doing. So they would come outside and play or whatever. Then they would see the truck and they'd be like, okay, cool. He did this or whatever. You know, it looks different. Yeah. And so I started like documenting what I was doing so that when they got older, which is about the age they are now, I could show them old videos and they'd be like, oh, okay, okay, cool, cool. But when I first did it and I posted my first video for uh, Instagram, I was like, 
I look at the phone as it being like I was talking to you, like you were sitting in front of me. Right. Like you right. were in the shop with me. So basically, that's what I say to people. It's like, just look at your camera, your phone, or whatever you're recording the video with as if it's another person and you're talking to them. Because when I talk to people, I look them at, you know, right in their eyes. I'm talking to them, you know. Yep. And that's why I looked at the camera like it was my friend sitting there and I'm just talking shit, telling them, hey, yo, we're gonna, we did this and now we're going to do that or whatever, you know what I, I mean? I, sometimes I think people just think too much, you know, or worry too much, you know. It's just like, you know what, uh, That's a re you're exactly like me. But, I mean, part of the main reason I started the little YouTube channel is like, well... I don't give you know I don't give a shit what people think you know I mean I don't care if I'm wrong or I'm right or indifferent I, I don't care I'm not you know I'm a, I'm a nice guy and I know what I know and I'm sure I can learn more and outside of that I'd be great for my kids to see this you know it's like right. they get on YouTube and watch this stuff online and it isn't real I mean you know when you, when a guy can turn a car around and it looks like in one episode it's like do you have no fucking clue how many people are behind that car doing that and and they're they're showing like the cool stuff oh this bolt's on you know what it took to get to that point right you <laughs> took the bolt that <laughs> on like it's not that easy and and now they're a part of it but that was kind of another reason I did it like you're saying it's just it's great for the kids to see it and now they can actually learn from it. and then when I die you know Screw it. Maybe it'll still be up there. <laughs> right, right. And you know what? I'm... <laughs> I, wasn't... <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that part, but it's like when I'm dead and motherfuckers want to go back and do the memorial for fucking Dennis's ass, they can pull there up the old shit. <laughs> <laughs> same shit i was thinking they'd be like man that was a he was a crazy motherfucker but he was building his ass off man look at this yep. shit he did, you know <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah man right on though but yeah so now you you got your own you know you got your friend's project you're working on now yep. and then you have your own vehicles what's the vehicle you said you had when you were 16 what what's that what's that say your camaro what year well so i i have three i'm i'm ridiculous right um but i have three cars three main hot rod cars the, the first one's my cutlass it longs i bought it from my uncle when i was 16 i had my 54 willies wagon but i wanted a fast car right i wanted a hot rod it was a cutlass s so it had a 350 in it automatic transmission a little turbo 350 nothing crazy but it was a cool looking car it looks a lot like a chevelle right right so i got that car had drum manual drum brakes on it so when i was 16 it was like well first thing i need to do is stop so i i found a aftermarket set of power disc brakes bolted them on and i'm like okay it needs more power and i learned about what's a cutlass 442 same car different engine so i went and found an old 98 had a 455 and a turbo 400 i bought that car for like 800 bucks pulled the engine and transmission and spent a lot of hours working and saving money and i had a that professionally built you know i was 17 at the time then and i bolted that in the car and my first welding experience was bending up you know tubing of a harbor freight you know tubing bender and and welded in a roll cage into that thing you know a, a small cage just a six point so I, when I, after I got married, that was the car that took my wife and I from the reception to the uh, ceremony, or excuse me, from the ceremony to the reception. 
and I sold it to a buddy who lived in Seattle. He drove it in downtown Seattle. This thing has three inch dual exhaust. It's running five, 600 horse, 800 foot pounds of torque. It's a beast, right? <laughs> it's so loud. So he had it and, and enjoyed it for, uh, I think he had that thing for 15 years. I bought it back from him. He's like, dude, I don't know how to work on it. I haven't driven it in a few years and it needs a fuel pump. Why don't you just buy it back? I'm like, okay, how much you want for him? He's like, what I sold it to you for? I'm like, dude, really? <laughs> so I got that car back. Uh, just posted a video up on the complete rear axle build for that car, showing you it's a way long video, but it should basically teaches you how to build a GM 10 bolt axle, start to finish. Tools you're going to need, parts, different things. You know, I mean, a lot of those GM axles, they're all the same. They, you know, they're, they're very, very similar. Um, so I did that to it, and now, yeah, that's so that's my car. And that I'll probably keep forever. And the nice thing about it is it's got seats enough for my boys. You know, I have three boys, so I can throw a couple boys in back and one in front, an older one, and, and we can take a ride in it. <laughs> so got that car. So that's out there. And then my Firebird's the crazy one, man. The, the Firebird my wife bought me before I married her. Paid 600 bucks for it. It was a rusted shell on the title. And that car's nuts. You know, I, I kind of, that was pre the internet a little bit, and I co-designed the frame. It's got an Art Morrison frame under it, but I, I, you know, with their engineer, I worked with him, and we made a frame, and we notched it into the body of the car. It's got Corvette C5 front suspension. It's all been revamped with custom coilovers and a rack and pinion. And, you know, I, by that time, I was pretty good at building houses. Right, so that, that's the type of stuff where I would just after work I go work. I, I, I just remodel kitchens and I reside houses, re-roof houses after work. So every all the money I made doing all the side work after work, I dump it into my car, right. and that's that's my firebird, right? That's that's, that's so that that car is nuts. She made about six hundred and ten to the rear wheels, about ten pounds of boost. She's got an LS one in her custom fuel injection, custom racing cell. It's got a custom triangulated four lane. Uh, four link suspension um that that's the that's the craziest car i've ever built uh doing doing the stock stuff's a lot of fun you know like i i found a uh a buddy that i knew had a trans am a 79 trans am big old bird on the hood you know with the shaker right. on it and stuff yeah. got that thing for three grand this was about five years ago um my kids and i i did my kids were pretty young then too they're still kind of young but um we we built the engine in it, redid the whole car, repainted it, put all new decals on it. A guy flew from Iowa, bought it from me, and then shipped it overseas and resold it. And I still did okay on the build, you know. I mean, not for my labor, but you know. And uh, after that car, I got the Camaro. So that's what I'm working on now, and it's going to be the car that it'll be nice. It'll be really nice. Um, my hope and dream is that once it's done, I, I can sell it and at least break even and afford to, to remodel my shop. You know, I built this old shop out of a barn, dirt floors, you know, no power in it. And over time, I've kind of expanded it and tried to make it into something because this is just what we love doing, right? <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, I don't blame you, man. I'm on the same mission. I'm just, just a little at a time, a little at a time. <laughs> when you get into a project, the thing that works best for me, Dennis, is like, you can't think of it all at once. Don't try and think of it all at once. Just just one thing at a time. Find that, uh, you know, reward in doing one thing. And, and, and then just work on it little by little. And that's where, you know, it, it might take a couple years to build a car or a few years. You know, some people have been building cars for 30 years, and that's cool, too. It's like, do what you love doing and just find the reward. You know, it, so much... 
the funnest part is building it for me. I mean, driving them's great too, but like once it's done, it's like, eh, done. Right. You know, and, and that's why some of my projects are ne- like my Firebird. It's never done. Like there's something else I want to do to it someday, but for now, I can drive it. It's a feels like someone shoved a rocket up your ass every time you drive it. Yeah, it's fine. It, it's still rough. It still needs things. It still could use some things and things I want to do. But for now, I'm like, you know what? I got other things I want to work on, and my Firebird's fun. It's fine. It's fine for now, you know, and I just love it and appreciate it for what it is. Right, man. And that's, you can't, I guess you would say, like you you mentioned earlier, people overthink things. You can't overthink the process. Like, yeah, there's a lot of cool shit that can be done building vehicles, but you have to work within your limitations. And if you don't overthink the whole process by... Well, I need, let's just say, an Art Morrison chassis that's going to hit you for like six grand. Right? Oh, at least, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> you know, search out what components that are out there available that can make the chassis better. There's a lot of things about the GM chassis, for, well, for instance, like on the Biscayne or like any of them that you can go back and do like welding the seams that they didn't weld at the, at the yep. you know at the factory there's a whole lot of things you can do to strengthen that chassis but then still look to the art morrison chassis the fat man chassis and see how they structured if you like the way it's all tubular with the transmission mount and shit figure it out fab it up yep. and do yep. it yep it's just steel it's just steel tubing that's bent you know i mean yep. At the end of the day, like, uh, the Firebird's ridiculous. Like, I am now to the point in my life where, like, I like that old feel, you know? I I mean, I I like driving a car that doesn't feel like a new car. I mean, you got electric cars now that can destroy any other hot rod in the world. But you know what the best part of a hot rod is? You can feel the power through the core of your body when that thing's running, right? It's shaking. It's vibrating. You can hear it, and you can feel it. And that's just fun. Yeah, I don't yeah. care if it's fast or not. I don't care. Like, it's just, it's raw energy that's coursing through you. And I was like, this is awesome, you know? It is, man. Because, yeah, man, I hop in, well, when I hop in my, the, the newer truck, when I hop in the Silverado, you know, you can, because, of course, you know, we put the whole glass packs and shit on it to make it sound Hell yeah. like it's something. But, yeah, it ain't nothing like firing up one of my old school trucks, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. like you said, you feel the vibration and shit and you're just like, yeah, you know, like, okay, well, ball joint might be going out here because you <laughs> feel yeah. that shit. The new shit, you wouldn't know yeah. if your hub's fucked up or not until the son of a bitch wheel come off that motherfucker because it rides so smooth, you know. It's Hell like, yeah, I do buy that time. That's actually happened to me one time. Really? I actually had a wheel. I forgot to bolt a wheel on all the way. I was so excited to drive my car one of the first time. And I went around the corner right after I bolted it on. Clunk, 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 clunk. And I went out there. I'm like, I just hand tighten the threads. You know, the, the most important thing you do after you build a car in the first drive is make sure all your lug nuts are tight and brakes work. Outside of that, nothing else matters. Hey, I had the similar shit. Like, this was, well, about four years ago. I just finished building Rat Body. And my uncle was over. Because I told him, I said, hey, man, Rat Body's going on the road this week. He was like, for real? I'm like, yeah. And so he came over. 
And when he came over, I was just got done with getting everything lined up and I was getting ready to put the just the brake the calipers on the front. And uh my dumbass, I packed the bearings, you know, and did all this shit. Well, I forgot to run the center nut all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's gonna get hot <laughs> yeah man it fucked up man we went up I said let's go to the gas station get us a couple cigars and I, I'll get us some beer and we can sit back and just chill out you know man I go to the gas station I'm like well maybe the brakes are stuck you know maybe they yeah it's just smoking what the fuck going Fried the bearings, man. It was a fucking mess, man. And I'm like, oh, man. But like you said, I was so excited to get that truck on the road, you know, because, yeah, and I just didn't tighten down the set of nuts. It's like, oh. It's all right. Yeah. I, you know, I remember when I was younger, too. I get really, really frustrated because I didn't have any money and I couldn't afford this shit. And every time something wrong would happen, I just get really angry, really upset. And, and nowadays, it's just like, okay, you still got to have a car that's pretty, you know, reliable if you, if you require it to get to work or whatever. But if you don't have that, then just chill, man. It's all good. It's part of the fun. You know, when I break down on the side of the road and one of my hot rods now, I laugh at myself. Right. You know, I enjoy that shit. It's like, you know what, this is part of the experience because you can't get in a, a, even, a, even a used car that's newer and, and have, you know, this kind of fun. You know, you break down on a newer car, it's like, this is fucking stupid. And a hot rod's like, you know what? This is part of the experience. This is awesome. You know, I, I built this, and, and it's rewarding. You know, it makes you feel, like, amazing when you do this stuff. You know, it's yeah. like, this is this is for me. I, I, even in high school, I remember I was I, I was always in the cars, right, even as a kid. And I had these ridiculous cars in high school. And my friend's like, oh, you're just trying to get pussy. I'm like, well, yeah, for sure. But I don't build the cars for that specifically. Most women do not want to ride around in a fucking rusted out 400 horse 1954 wheelies wagon. All right. The only people that like that are the dudes, right. which is cool. I got a lot of good friends, you know, but, but at the end of the day, like, that's not what I do it. I get in that thing and an instant smile comes on your face. When I start up any one of my cars and my, the hairs on the side of my arm still raise and I get this little rush of adrenaline. I'm like, dude, I built this. <laughs> like, right. it's so much fun, you know, and, and, and I appreciate people who do the same thing and people who understand the value of anyone's build can can relate to that you know yeah. i mean i can relate to these dudes i can relate to you i can relate to everyone who's doing this sort of thing and i want to share that that opportunity you know that's why i like working on other people's cars a little bit you know they're scared to try something scared to go for something it's like if you really want to do this and you've got some you know you you, you want to devote some funds to it and you want to really do it then i'll help you figure some shit out it's all good man this is part of the fun hell yeah it is man i appreciate you coming on man and and taking the time doing this man I, this is this is a fun podcast no it's all good man i had a blast i appreciate you having me on and i'm gonna keep keep watching for you out there and we'll keep building cars and go from there man it's great if you ever come out to the pnw you hook me up you, you look me up and we'll uh man. we'll have a chat we can walk around the shop have a beer or whatever hell yeah man i'm on my way to the pnw there's some there's a couple people out there, you know, I got to go and check them out. And now there's one of the other people, I got to check you out. And maybe we can, depending on where it is that I go out there, maybe if it's close enough to you, you can come on out and then we can all just sit down and 
conversate and talk yeah, stories and do talk a lot of shit about cars and yeah it sounds yeah, good man yeah man heck yeah because uh i'm looking forward to getting out there once everything settles back down and we get back to normal but uh for now we'll just keep pushing like we pushing and same thing i'm gonna be checking you know i'm watching what you're doing it's cool and uh before we get out of here let everybody know your instagram page and your youtube channel so they can come and check you out yeah, if you ever want to check out what I'm doing, uh, I've got Instagram at Jake Shop, and then same thing with the YouTube channel. Just Google up Jake Shop and try and post a video every few weeks or so about what I'm doing in here. Um, there's a lot of Camaro update with an LS1 swap, but there's a lot of other little information in there along the way. So, yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, man. Hey, for sure, man. That All the rear end rebuild thing, that's, uh, that's something pretty cool. Like, I've taken rear ends apart, but I've never rebuilt them. Uh, I've changed spider gears or whatnot, but I didn't do it properly, like the lash and all that shit. You're supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, you know? I explained it pretty well in there, dude. That, that's the one thing. There's a bunch of videos up there. People are like vague on shit, and they'll just do one part of it. And I try to do my best at getting information out there that someone who is fairly mechanical has some ideas, but 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 hasn't was scared to do it. I mean, it's easier than rebuilding a transmission. It's easier than building an engine. It's 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 just not that hard. Right. to do and you, you, there's some tools you got to you got to put some money into to do it right but it's it's not bad um i actually have another video coming up here shortly i don't know if they're gonna let me post it or not but i actually got to visit a steering gear company that's out here in the pnw one of the best uh names in steering gears called redhead steering gears and they do a lot of they do you know a lot of these old cars old trucks they got steering gears in them right Yep. But I, they had a they had a cutaway of a steering gear, and I got to meet with them, and I interviewed them, and did and did a walkthrough of their facility as well, and they showed me exactly how a steering gear works in a vehicle and how they rebuild them, which is you know a lot better than some of the aftermarket stuff on the market. So I, that'll be a fun video. I, you know, I gotta I gotta let I gotta edit it up and get it over to them. It'll probably be up in the next month, but that'll be a fun one because I learned so much about how steering gears work. It's not even funny. Mm. Um, so you can keep your eyes on for that one too. I'll I'll send it when I get it up there if they let me post it. Yeah, man, right on, man. It was a good podcast, and I enjoyed talking to you, man. I enjoyed talking to you, man. We'll stay in touch. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, man. Have a good rest of the day, and thanks for coming on. Yep. Thank you. All right, man. That's going to do it for this one, guys. And I appreciate you checking out these podcasts. We have more on the way. And if you want to get a little bit more content from Patina Code, check out my YouTube page. We have a series up right now titled So You Want to Build an AD. It's where I'm building the ground up 1952 Chevrolet five window pickup truck. It's going to be the official Patina Code shop truck. But I'm doing a step by step, if you will build on it and it's just from my perspective you all know that i'm not a professional but i have some tips and tricks and a way to go about building and it's designed for someone who's never built one of these or might be interested in partaking in such a feat it's pretty cool i guess you guys uh pretty much most of you know about it but for those of you who are new listeners newcomers to patina code go check it out man that's gonna do it though and like i always say thanks for listening Stay with me.